The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Calendars flip to February, and that can mean only one thing. We are ever closer to spring Alex Jewell, and that means more sports are back on the table. That's right. We are in the thick of it, Greg. Every time you look at the calendar, it just seems like more and more is on the horizon. Men's and women's golf both playing today. They're getting their spring season underway. I know you have had a chance to look into those two teams and we'll be able to tell us more about them all throughout the spring. And then track and field, they continue to go. The indoor season almost wrapped up. The swim and dive season, believe it or not, almost to the Mid-American Conference Championships. Of course, basketball, we know, Greg, are in the stretch of their run to try to get to Cleveland. And we are just uh, a couple of weeks away from baseball and really not even a couple of weeks. Ten days away from baseball in Hoover, Alabama. It's hard to believe it we say it every year like how did that come so fast but really the year continues to fly by it does and we certainly have a jam-packed show today that will get you all those things but you think about uh the winter it really will wrap up this weekend with the super bowl run that will take place in phoenix and once again eastern michigan has player in it is Andrew Wiley once again gets to wear the green and white banner out there and one thing that we got to talk to was Coach Creighton today about how Andrew has made himself into the NFL player he is considering this guy bounced around between so many teams before finally the Chiefs took a risk and look what happened. Yeah, it's been a heck of a redemption story for Andrew Wiley. A lot of people may not know if you've heard his full story. You mentioned it, bouncing around between practice squads, Greg. And really, Kansas City was kind of his last option. When he went out to see the Chiefs and take the meeting with them to go to their practice squad, he had actually told his family, hey, listen, you've supported me for years. If this one doesn't work out, I will figure out a new path in life to kind of start getting uh, giving back to the family and all those types of things. Well, guess what? Six years later, the rest is history. 72 NFL games. He started over 60 of them now for the Chiefs. And uh, a fixture on that offensive line that we know has been a huge part of one of the most electric offenses in all of football history. Of course, Patrick Mahomes doesn't hurt that either. So a great ride for Andrew Wiley. So happy for him that he's back in another Super Bowl. But Greg, you're talking about playoff time. There's some teams here at Eastern Michigan that are still looking forward to playoffs. Men's and women's basketball. Women got a nice win at Central Michigan on Saturday. They defeated the Chippewas. So they're right above that cut line in terms of the MAC tournament. Top eight teams will get in in the tournament that takes place in early March. Men's basketball, I mean, maybe the game of the year in terms of just how thrilling it was against Ball State on Friday night, nationally televised. Chance to win at the end, unfortunate overtime loss. But this men's basketball team with Stan Heath, really in the last two weeks, Greg, they've played a much different brand of basketball. They have. They switched to a four-guard offense, and that's changed a lot of things. Scoring is up. Defensive numbers have been better at times. Uh, So credit Stan Heath for really changing a lot of things. And you look out of their last handful of games, ever since that NIU game started with Toledo, they have been right there, nip and tuck. 
this is still a heck of a schedule that they've got to go through. You get Buffalo tomorrow, Toledo this weekend, and then Akron Kent. So kind of the big gauntlet of the top of the Mid-American Conference in store over the next four games. Some exciting games, though, because, Greg, if you're trying to make through breakthrough and really show that your season is different than it was at the start. In a way, you want the heavy competition, right? So you want to see teams like Akron, Kent, Toledo again. You're going to get that chance. So we're going to find out really fast if this uh, turnaround is for real or not. And if you can knock off a couple of those teams, then you absolutely deserve to be in Cleveland. And you and I have seen enough MAC tournaments to know if you get yourself to the queue or to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as it is now, anything can happen once that tournament hits. So both of those teams very much alive. Real quick, I mentioned track and field. Another good showing for them this past weekend. Baldwin Magnuson, excuse me, another EMU school record, this time breaking an 18-year-old mark in the mile. Of course, the late Paul McMullen had held that record before Vinny was able to break it this past weekend. Another weekend that featured 12 individual wins for the men's and women's track team. So continue to follow them through their Mid-American Conference championship push, the indoor championships, just a few weeks away. And we mentioned real quick, Greg, Today is the start of golf season, and we've got two interviews today that talk about golf because before you know it, we'll be back out there shanking putts as well. Yeah, we'll be out there soon enough. Not soon enough for what we'd like, though, is we caught up with EMU head women's golf coach Stephanie Jennings as her team is in Florida for the Falcon Florida Classic uh, down in Lakewood Ranch. This used to be a match play event, but it shifted back to the traditional stroke play round, and Eastern Michigan will give it their best today and tomorrow, 36-hole day today, and then 18s tomorrow as really a, a youthful team, but still paced by junior Anna Watson, who's the leader in that, sophomore Kylie Dahl, also very good for EMU. And then on the men's golf side, we get Cam Collette, the senior and really one of only two returners on this EMU men's golf club for head coach Bruce Cunningham. Cam's a kid that started the D2 level, and then he transfers to Nevada and now finds himself here in Eastern Michigan. So he uh, very cerebral, and we'll talk about uh, his mindset, knowing that he's got five freshmen that he's leading and how, what it takes to help bring those guys along as the Eagles right now are at the Earl Yestingsmeyer, which is a ma- match play event. The Eagles were the fifth seed. They get number four high point in the first round. Lots going on on the show today. First up, it's Chris Creighton. Greg and I sat down with him last week on Wednesday. It was the official close of National Signing Day. Real quick antidote to this interview. We taped it on Wednesday, so you're going to hear Coach talk about some things saying today and those types of current aspects. It was last Wednesday. All the information stays the same. One different thing, though, Greg, is that we should mention some new numbers have been crunched and officially now on 247 Sports, the major recruiting service in the country, Eastern Michigan's 2023 class officially listed as the tops in the Mid-American Conference. First time ever that Eastern Michigan has had the top conference class. So congratulations to Coach Creighton. You'll hear his thoughts on both the 2023 signing class, of course, Max Crosby in another Pro Bowl, and Andrew Wiley in the Super Bowl. After that, it's two golf interviews. You heard about it from Greg, so stick around, listen in, and enjoy this week's edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. You already know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan gives you access to the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. What you may not know is that with our 24-hour nurse line, online visits, whole health support, urgent care, and more, you can access the care you need whenever and wherever you need it, giving you the confidence in knowing that you're covered anytime, anywhere. 
We're here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Second signing period in the books for Eastern Michigan football as they add nine more on this Wednesday to bring their total enrollees for the 2023 class up to 27 fresh faces you'll see next year at the factory or really this year when you think about it because it's going to be here soon enough coach welcome signing day in december it was the rush to get back from the bowl the early morning call you got a bunch of guys today a little different story because a majority of this class was already actually here because most of them were made up of transfers but you did really bring in a nice haul today oh it's a it's a great day it really is when you bring up the December signing period, I mean, what, you know, that was a whirlwind, but two awesome days to go win the bowl game, fly back that night, wake up four hours later and uh, welcome uh, just a fantastic class. Four of those guys um, in terms of the early enrollee, you know, freshmen are already here um, and off to a great start. Uh, just, um, yeah, just awesome, you know, for those guys to already be in with our program. But then, like you mentioned, here we are. We also still have, we have five transfers and a junior college uh, transfer. I don't know how we call mm-hmm. junior college players who are already on campus and rolling as well. Uh, three offensive linemen that, uh, again, we just good quality people and good players. Um, everybody's going after them. And we feel as though we identified three guys who are a great fit for our program and who are absolutely going to be able to compete to help us. And um, and Chris Mayo um, and Owen uh, Snively and then uh, and Dan Sunderman. And so those guys are already here. Um, super excited about that. And then um, had two wide receiver transfers. So you've got uh, Javon Swinton from Indiana, and then uh, Terry from Michigan State. And Javon's originally from Virginia, and Terry from Minneapolis. But, you know, just, uh, you know, start coaching those guys, and they're already, you know, ingrained with our with our program, which is which is awesome. And then today for, you know, another three freshmen uh, to sign Chase Arrington. Gosh, he's been out here four different times. He's from Pittsburgh and is a corner and just had a great meeting with him, you know, this last weekend. And he said his first visit, you know, he knew this is where he wanted to be and still went through the whole process. And gosh, you know, you just love hearing that. And we felt the same way, you know, ab- about him. And then uh, Joey Mattered, you know, from the great state of Michigan. Gosh, he could play multiple positions, but we love him. Even though he's really long, he, we're going to play him at running back. He is, uh, again, just another awesome fit, you know, for our culture in our program. And those three guys will be coming in um, with the rest of the freshmen on June 19th to get rolling. So it's, you know, you have December, you know, you have different different folks kind of in the January group. And then You've got the sign signing day here in February, and we'll all be together, you know, in June. Coach, I know on the list of things that you evaluate, star rankings and different recruiting rankings are oftentimes lower on the list. Of course, you're looking at play on the field and intangibles and whatnot. But a lot of us on the outside world are looking at some of those different ranking systems and whatnot. And so when you see that on a on a site like 247 or Rivals, that your class is considered maybe the first or second best class in the Mid-American Conference. What does that say to you about your staff and just the the dedication they've been able to put in and the fit of the guys that you've brought in in this class? And how proud does that make you? Well, so you, you can't have it both ways. I, I can't complain about it, you know, when we're not ranked high and then say that we totally agree with them or whatever when, you know, when we are ranked high. Um, we truly, it, it always feels good when other people are, you know, see the guys the same way that you do, right? I mean, that that's not something that I'm going to try to deny or or hide from. But regardless of how, you know, those agencies see guys, 
you know, we are evaluating a lot of different things and going through um, a pretty intense process to try to figure out, you know, who we really want to be a part of it and and who is going to choose us. And so we feel really strongly uh, about the class. We really do. And, you know, I kind of worried a little bit, you know, like the guys who are in our program right now don't have never been here when it's not been good. Right. And so there's there's some good to that. But I also like, you know, that chip on the shoulder and, and all that that hasn't gone away. You know, what I mean, so I, I hope that we're hitting that sweet spot. But no, we feel really strongly about the class and we don't know who big game boomer is. Right. <laughs> but he had us his number one culture in the Mac. You know, that feels better than having us at 10, uh, even though I don't know who it is. Right. And I don't know that he's done a thorough investigation, you know, of of all of everybody's cultures. But it's it still feels good to be recognized, you know, whether it's word of mouth or reputation or whatever it is. And so really proud of our staff and our team. We involve our team in recruiting a ton and just hearing other people. It doesn't sound like that is a common practice. I think that our guys are the best thing about our program. And so why wouldn't we want other people who are trying to figure out, you know, what they want to be a part of spend significant quality time, you know, with our team. Um, I love being around our team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think anybody who's around our team and doesn't want to be there, they're not a fit, obviously. So, um, so I want to just say thank you to our team, you know, all the coaches who just are nonstop working in, in everybody, you know, here at Eastern Michigan, which represents this place so well. Speaking of representing this place well, uh, I know you got to, to go out to Las Vegas, see Jose Ramirez, working at the East-West Shrine Bowl as he gets ready for this weekend. Uh, so also out there, uh, he played in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Those guys really representing and now also getting the chance to become the first EMU duo ever to go to the combine. What does that mean for those two guys, but also what it, this program is to them as well? You know, we weren't able to go, get out and see City because we were still, you know, recruiting, but, you know, got to watch the game and gosh, he was there at, at guard and bumped out to tackle. And I think after one practice, he was getting like rave reviews. And then I thought he played really well in, in the game. And uh, Coach Coughlin was talking to him pretty much every day. And I, I spoke to him a bunch when he was out there. He, he's excited. This is, I mean, this has been a dream of his, you know, in in Canada uh, for a long time. When I went on the home visit uh, to his home, I didn't know what to expect, right? You know, getting outside of, you know, Montreal and you're in Quebec and they had the NFL network on, you know what I mean? When I went into, you know, in, into their home and whatnot. And so he, uh, this has been a dream for his and he's making that dream, you know, a reality. And just because of his play, he's been invited, you know, to the combine. So he's focused, but he's also really excited. I'll let him speak for himself about, you know, what it means for him. But for us, I'm just honestly, so stinking excited for him. You know what I mean? Because I know that he's just living out, you know, what he's been dreaming about doing. And um, and then we are going to get to go see Jose. A couple of us are flying out tonight uh, to go be there for him, but he's getting rave reviews, you know what I mean, in his practices. And he's been with Max some already. And uh, we're all going to go out to dinner together and then be able to watch Max and his, you know, Pro Bowl stuff, uh, which would be a total blast. And so again, with Jose, you know, it's just been, it's been a dream. The dream became a vision. The vision became, you know, a goal. And now the goal is, is becoming a reality. Just to, to see see that is, uh, um, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's moving. And what it means for the program, I mean, I guess it means that the NFL thinks we had two pretty good players. <laughs> we had a lot more than two, but, you know, those guys are um, obviously going to get a chance to, to play in the National Football League, you know, alongside 
Pat O'Connor and Andrew Wiley and Max Crosby. And, you know, there's been, you know, many more that have come before and we're super proud of them. And, you know, it's easy to be proud for them and excited for them just because of the, their humility and, and the team players that they are. Jose City attempting to turn their dreams into reality and getting to the NFL. You and I, and, and of course, over your last couple of years, have had a lot of opportunity to talk about Max Crosby and all the things that he's overcome and turned into how about Andrew Wiley, though, because it's time to celebrate him as well. Back to another Super Bowl, three and four years. You know, when you look at his career, a little bit different than Max Crosby. Andrew bouncing around from practice squad, practice squad to practice squad, then finds a home in Kansas City. Obviously, we know what he's done there. But when you look back to his time here and now looking at the fact that he has started 61 of 72 career NFL games, another Super Bowl representing this university in a different way, maybe than someone like Max Crosby, but at the same level. Just talk about his story a little bit and just watching his journey from afar and being a part of that. Well, you know, part of it, though, is just the position, right? It's just football. Like, you know, he he could be the best offensive lineman in the National Football League and you're still he's not going to be celebrated. There's not stats for him to go. You know what I mean? There's not you know, celebrations after great double team blocks. I mean, it just, you know, so man, so, so proud of, uh, of Wiley and, you know, to be with that franchise and to stay and to stick and to be a starter on, you know, I don't know, over the last, his, his time there, it's gotta be, if not the best, you know, one of the very best, you know, in the national football league, I will tell you this, when he was here, I remember thinking if this guy can't play in the national football league, I'm like, what, what in the world do they look like? I just remember that, you know, I mean, his pro day, I might not get this exactly right, but he measured in at the NFL pro day, six, five, he was a couple pounds over 300. And it was like either a 34, I think it was a 34 inch vertical. I mean, you're just talking about an unbelievable athlete. And then, you know, Wiley has just got that edge. He's got that aggressive, nasty, and he's bright. I mean, he's, to me, he's just a dream you know, of an offensive lineman. I remember thinking that. I'm like, man, if this guy doesn't play in the NFL, what are they, who, where are they? Who is it? And now here he is. I mean, he's, yeah. So my daughter and I went to see him um, at their first Super Bowl. We went to Miami. I'd never been to a Super Bowl, but I'd also never had a player playing in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so my daughter and I were, you know, sitting in the end zone that the confetti was, you know, coming down in when they won the thing. And, you know, that that's a, a that's a trip and a moment that, you know, Kate and I are going to have forever. It was just so special. And so, yeah, I just, Wiley, man, it's uh, so excited for him. Have you heard that he's now in a State Farm commercial with Patrick Mahomes? I had not heard that. Are you kidding me? That's what I've been told. (laughs) Wow. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, so now, now he has reached levels that, uh, you know, offensive linemen, don't get to reach, I guess. Hey, Eastern Insider fans. If you need a place to stay when you're in town, make sure it's the Holiday Inn Express and Suites University South. Our guests home away from home for only $119 a night plus tax. We continue outdoors today as senior Cam Collette from the men's golf team joins us as they get ready to head south. How exciting is it to know that in less than just a few days, you're going to be back outside in warm weather We've had the the snow that we've dodged for a while, but ready to be outside and play some golf. Yeah, I think the boys are all itching, uh, definitely itching to get back out into competition and, uh, you know, play play down south where I think a lot of us feel comfortable. Um, I know a lot, <clears throat> a lot of the guys on the team like Bermuda grass and um, 
just like the way that Florida course is set up. I think um, I got the chance to play Lake Lake Javita last year in um, like a training trip, and I think the course definitely sets up well for uh, like our team this year, especially. I know we had some um, the boys the boys won it last year, so we obviously there's good vibes for coach going back there as well. So I think everybody's going to be in a good mood and just going to be excited to be down there and, and get some reps in. One of the biggest differences from this year to last year is last year, you think back, you had so many upperclassmen on this group this year, the opposite, a lot of freshmen and it's you and Patrick having to, to kind of be the older guys that lead the way. How has that transition been as, as you go about now imparting the wisdom that you've learned to the, all these freshmen? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough balance in that I'm trying to kind of let them um, like find their own way. And I don't want to be like down their throats at all with, um, with certain things. But when it comes down to it, I try to just, <clears throat> I try to teach them the lessons that I learned um, in my first couple of years and try to sort of get them into like an upperclassman mindset and into a a more like calm and confident frame of mind versus like because I understand how hectic it can be to be a freshman and have so much on the go and be trying to build relationships with your teammates and make friends and stuff like that so I understand everything they're going through but at the same time it's tough because I want them to <clears throat> you know feel comfortable with themselves and um, confident on the course so it's been interesting because last year I felt um, like a little bit of an outsider as a transfer and since they already had such a strong bond and this year I feel like so much a part of of the team and to be able to um, I'm grateful to have like a leadership role that um, that Bruce gave me and uh, I think it's just doing my best to give them every everything I've learned um, but not not all at once because it can be a lot of information to take in so I try to just you know tell them I'm there if they're struggling and stuff like that I like all the all the good stuff you want to hear but like not be too down their throats where they don't feel comfortable telling me something or um, like don't actually believe the stuff yeah. that, that I'm that I'm saying to them with Eastern being your third school you've been at, you started at, at Young Harris, then you go to Nevada. Is it finally seeming like you're more comfortable in your own skin now, being that you've second year of the program, you you kind of know everything too? Yeah, definitely. I think it's that's a very good way to put it. I feel much more um, comfortable with kind of knowing how things work, um, with being able to like set my own uh, practice plan and uh, execute my own um, <clears throat> goals and try to get as good as I can be as a player and maintain grades in the classroom. I understand the anxieties that come with it and I'm more prepared that, than I've ever been, I think, to um, perform. And I'm also not as hard on myself as I used to be um, because I understand like that as good as you get in the game, you're never gonna you're never gonna be perfect all the time. So I think that's one thing that's been hard for me to understand because I I want to perform so well all the time, and I feel like I always 
put myself under a microscope, but like being able to kind of find a rhythm and now kind of have my own place that I stay at and be able to find a little more stillness and uh, kind of understand myself more has been like huge for me. And I think um, obviously it's been a weird journey for me, but like, like you said, I'm becoming more comfortable with being Cam Keller and just settling into what I know I'm good at and and then just trying to enjoy the college experience because it's going so fast. If you could go back and kind of tell yourself when this whole process began and, and it, you think back to this ride, what would you tell yourself that, about how it's all going to shape up or how to maybe manage it differently? I think... Uh, I think I would just tell myself to enjoy the entirety of the journey as corny as it sounds. And as much as I tell myself that all the time, it, knowing that from the get go would have been nice because it would have been less of a roller coaster ride and I would have been less, um, less prone to get in the, the ruts and the, um, the highest of highs. I would have, I think been more neutral. And I think that's the key in college golf is being as neutral and as, uh, you know, X, Y, Z as you can. Like, yeah. this is what I did well. This is what I did poorly. Um, and just just continue to grind because I've always had the ability to grind and um, kind of put things aside and, and know what I need to work on. But to be able to. I never really had any like found any comfort in it until now, until like. And I guess that comes with age and it comes with yeah. experience. But I think anybody <clears throat> on this team, and I think that I was surprised with how um, mature they are already and how uh, a little bit envious, actually, at how they were able to just enjoy the experiences um, of first semester. And just I, I, I'm very hopeful and and. I think the boys are going to do very well because of that, because they understand that it's a process. And I think if I were to tell myself anything, it would just be enjoy all of it um, because making yourself feel horrible um, because of one event or one round or one shot um, is just it's not the way to go. And to be able to soak it all in is the biggest part of it, because like I said, it's <laughs> I've been at it since 2018 and it feels like a year and a half really thinking back to spring uh as we approach the spring thinking about the fall 15 rounds a pair of top five finishes your best round came at huntington when you were able to go six under what was so successful during that round that really you were able to to capture a lot of magic as you finished with a 65 uh yeah i think i think all of it came down to just um the basics for me is just um committing to every shot as um cliche as it sounds like i felt i think that was one of my rounds where i was almost perfectly committed to every shot like in the sense of what i was trying to do with it that's what i that's what i was able to execute or if i didn't it was pretty close because i fully immersed myself in that moment and i think that's the biggest thing that that it came down to was i was just I mean, you can say in the zone, but I had the same anxieties that I have every round in yeah. that round, but I was able to 
come back to what, what I can control in, in each moment. Um, and really just self-belief. Like, I think, uh, I think I just, I knew I was hitting it well and I knew that I was going to give myself opportunities. You, you played and it's hard to, to say because you were every week playing, but you think of the grind, that's very unusual in a fall campaign. You go to the spring, you're going to have much more gaps. How much does that ease, not now knowing each week you're not going to have to fire up, you get a little break in between? Yeah, I think it's huge, really. I think um, it's good for all of us. It's good for rest and recovery. Um, it's good to allow us to digest each event, um, reset. Uh, if, we, if we're playing really well, like to keep hammering at the things we're doing well and um, improve the weaknesses, whatever, whatever they may be. And I think it's especially good uh, for myself who needs to slow things down yeah. and reset going into each event, um, treat it as its, its, own, its own deal. And um, I think it, the biggest thing is when you're fresh and when you're able to uh, focus on each shot uh, <clears throat> and all aspects of it. Because when you're playing that much in a row, it seems to, um, you seem to get in kind of a, a lull in the sense of mm -hmm. your routine. And when you have a, a spacing, you're able to uh, sort of prioritize what's important in each, each shot and go from there instead of just trying to play golf every week. It's like, no, I'm playing this course, this hole, this specific way, I have my game plan. And then you execute from there versus uh, where it feels like a, more of a race rather than uh, being patient and staying in each moment as they come. Open up with match play coming up on February 6th in Dade City, Florida, before you go to the Loyola Intercollegiate. Two distinctly different events. Ball doesn't travel nearly as far at sea level. And then you go to Arizona and it'll fly. The scores are always much lower in Arizona. How do you kind of combat those two knowing they're so different in those aspects. Yeah, personally, I, I, I love match play, but I try to treat it fairly similar to stroke play in that unless you make a pretty big number, if you, if you beat the guy heads up stroke play, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna beat him nine times out of 10 in match play as well. So I, I try to, I'm not really gonna look at it too much differently than, um, than the, Loyola event just because I think if I stay in my own game plan and minimize mistakes um, that controllable mistakes that I know um, need to go away in my game if I'm able to minimize those and if the guys are able to execute their own plans and stay in their own lane I think that we're going to have a great chance at, um, at taking that down and winning a, a ton of matches because I think we all have the talent and staying in our own lane, building up um, the good habits and getting the reps in, then having a little bit of time to soak it in and then head out to Arizona um, to, to hopefully try to take it deep. And then a long way away, but think of the ability at the MAC championships, which will take place at the end of April, start of May. But Playing in Alabama this year versus playing historically a northern climate. Last year, you guys played outside Chicago. The weather wasn't great. How much will that also then make for a better championship when you guys have consistent weather, aren't playing in cold? 
Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I think last year was, um, you know, every tournament seemed like the weather followed us, the bad weather followed us. And um, I think that it's going to be nice. I think it was a great move by, by MAC Conference, um, moving it down south, because I think it, it levels the playing field in that if you're playing really good golf, you don't have to get as creative you like it's gonna sh your, your game's gonna show if if the weather's a little bit better and the ball's traveling like a normal distance and uh i think it i think it it exposes like the best players maybe not the grindiest players but it exposes the best players and particularly i think it favors our team well because we all seem to play pretty well when <laughs> i mean I think a lot of people play well when the weather is better, but I mean, particularly our team, I think um, being in a Southern climate and a little more uplifting weather, hopefully, <laughs> um, I think it's gonna be huge for for all of us and for me especially, because I think it's way less of a grind mentally when you, yeah. when you don't have to deal with uh, 30 degree weather and, and rain and wind and stuff like that. And I'll get you out of here on this. Answer the fill in the blank. My spring will be successful if uh, if I'm able to realize that uh, the result isn't as important as the process. Um, each and every event, regardless of how well I play or how poorly I play, I think with seven events, um, I think I have the self belief, and I've been working hard on my mental mental state over the winter to get myself into a place where I'm confident in in what I can produce and um, you know staying in the moment and staying patient every event is going to be the biggest key I think um, not getting down in, in the in the <laughs> dwellings I guess right. you could say where where you just can't live because um, one, because life's too short, and two, because you can't play good golf from there. So I think staying neutral and staying patient is going to provide success for me. Something I have not been able to do yet on the golf course myself. <laughs> yep, it's it's definitely a struggle for a lot of people. Cam, I wish you the best of luck in your senior year. Good luck coming up here at uh, in Dade City as we'll follow you throughout the year. Thank you. Printing since 1903, Standard Printing is a one-stop solution for all your signs, apparel, mailings, and more. Check out their promotional product storefront, free design tools, and convenient online ordering at ipsystandard.com. It might be snowy outside, but we can all dream about being outside. And we go on to the links next with fifth-year head coach Stephanie Jennings from the women's golf team. Steph, I know you're over at the Marriott right now working, getting ready for the spring. How ready are you and the girls to be outside? Oh, my goodness. You know, we've been pretty lucky. Um, the weather hasn't been as as treacherous as it normally is this time of year. And I know uh, some people have had the opportunity to actually go outside over the last week. But, um, yeah, it's still it's it still is better to be in 70 and 60 degree weather than in uh, 30 and 40 degree weather. Are you are you a person that would still play golf when it's like 40 outside and blustery or are you one of the like, OK, it's got to be above a certain level before I'm playing? Now, me personally, me personally is different than the team 
But well, yeah. We played in snow through, as a team. I know that. I've been through enough bad weather that I, I kind of get a little snobby when it comes to weather for me. But if it's if it's 50 or above, I'm good with that. A lot of times it depends on the wind, right? The wind can be blistery. Um, but if it's 40, like for our team, if it's in the 40s and the wind's pretty still and the golf courses will let us, you know, go out yeah. this time of year, you know, why not give it a try? Speaking of the golf course, uh, big changes coming at Eagle Crest. Not only are they expanding the clubhouse at Eagle Crest, they were out there for the groundbreaking a year ago, right after your home tournament, but we also have a new Game Above golf facility getting put up. I know right now they are digging holes. They are putting foundations in. We are months away from you having a home for the first time. How exciting is that? Oh gosh, it, it, it to to be here and and see the progress and like I I said to you earlier, you know, every day I come out here to the Marriott where our temporary practice area is and and see that bulldozers are moving. I'm like, yes, keep moving, keep moving, <laughs> keep pushing that dirt, um, and and just to hopefully see this come to fruition uh, in the fall. I don't know what the exact timeline is, but um, the the more they're moving soil over there and, and the more they're making progress this the sooner we'll be in our facility and it'll be really lo amazing. located right behold behind hole number 18 at eagle crest you'll have indoor hitting facilities simulators i know we can play our own rounds of putt putt if we want but uh, i <laughs> yeah. mean you've got a lot of you and coach cunningham have a lot of ideas to jam in this space too don't you yeah i mean the setup you know, the design of the facility, along with all the different technology that's available to us now, um, and, and technology just keeps improving every year, but um, the, the things we're going to be able to provide for our athletes is just going to be tremendous. And, and that was um, Bruce, Coach Cunningham, and, and I's biggest goal was to make sure we had a space for multiple student athletes to be practicing at the same time. Um, whether it's, you know, we have both the men and women's golf teams in there at the same time or, you know, different practice times, but just have multiple student athletes practicing and, you know, different areas, whether it's chipping, pitching, full swing, putting, everybody will have something that they'll be able to do um, all simultaneously while we're in that facility. Well, and much like any other sport, it's an arms race. You look at Kent State, they have a golf facility. Ball State builds one. Akron has their own setup. Toledo has their own setup. And you guys were operating out of spaces that weren't truly designed for golf. I, I mean, this will make a big difference in catching up to the rest of the league, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I've already sent out, you know, recruiting packets with information about, you know, the, what's to come with our facility and really getting that on the radar of, of future recruits to say, hey, you know, it, it's going to be not only the best in the MAC, but kind of the best around the country um, of what it, in the northern climate. Right. I mean, you've got a lot of southern schools who have similar facilities um, that they can you know, hit outside. But as far as our northern schools and the climate we deal with, it's, it's going to be amazing. And we're so proud and thankful for the game above and, and what they've done. Um, it's just a, a tremendous relationship that we have. I know you're part of Game Above. We thank you for everything yeah. you've done to help that group as well. As we, of course, I record on my side from the George Gervin Game Above Center, and you're uh, soon to be in the Game Above golf facility. So we can't do it without them. You look at what you've had the luxury of last year, this year, and next year. 
your your team has is going to basically remain intact. You haven't had to flip it a ton, which is a real luxury in in athletics and college golf to have people together for a long stay. But it starts with Anna Watson at the top, who's been really good for you and your club. Kylie Dahl has also been there right there. What are you looking most forward to of the growth and development from this team, knowing they've still got basically another year to go grow together? Yeah, it really has uh, morphed into a sisterhood. Um, you see the relationships that they all build with each other. Um, you know, Natai, Natty, Greeny, whatever we want to call her. You know, she's been through a few nicknames over the years, but you know, she's really our super senior. And Olivia's, you know, the two of them have been around for a long time now. It's amazing. I'm like, I'm gonna be so sad when it's time for them to leave. But um, just the the bonds that they've made with the girls who came in a couple years ago, and then with Kylie and and Alyssa. Uh, coming in and and Alyssa starting off strong at the beginning of this year with with a big win. So um, they just keep building together. Um, they they worked on their swings a lot, uh, some different things, drills and that through the last few months. So a lot of them are are continuing to see that progress with their their swings. And now it's like transforming over into that playing mentality, right? So it's it's your pre shot routine. It's going through the the different uh, routines that we got to do when we're on the golf course. So uh, those are the things we're transitioning into now to get ready before we leave for Florida. Uh, we've talked off in our conversations, but you being one coach and you've got five girls, sometimes six or more out on the course at once, you can't be everywhere at, at once and help them with every shot. How do you go about balancing and making sure you're around when the girls need it, pick them up. Some girls just want, here's my drink and you to go away. But how do you balance that? <laughs> and, and I make it known to them that if 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 they do not need me there, please tell me. You know? so <laughs> I, it's not going to hurt my feelings. You know, I'm, I'm a big girl. I can handle it. Um, but, you know, a lot of it happens in our practice round. Um, one of the things we're going to start to incorporate this year is I say, okay, well, what does the football team do before they play a game? You know, they watch film, right? Now we don't necessarily watch film, but we can go on a website of a golf course and we can look at the the layout of their course ahead of time and make some notes before we even play that practice round. So that's one of the things we're going to incorporate. And then when we're playing the practice round and I see the layout of the course, for me, I look at, okay, where can I be maybe at multiple holes in one spot? Like we've played some of these golf courses over time now. So yeah. I, I'm familiar with the golf courses and where I need to be, where those trouble holes are. Um, and I just try to make sure I'm at those spots when, when our team gets there. And that way I can kind of help multiple people. Um, and then if somebody's really fallen into a rut, I'll walk with them and I'll, you know, and then the other girls will know, Hey, you know, coaches walking with so-and-so and I'll just walk with them and, you know, kind of pick them back up. Cause you can look on the live scoring. You can see, okay, so-and-so yeah. have a strand of bad holes and then you just you get up there and go with them but a lot of times it's you know are you drinking are you staying hydrated are you eating your snacks are you and then especially the 36 whole days right so when it gets yep. to that second 18 it's more of keeping your energy going and all that because they've already played that first round so they have an idea of like club selection yardage all that stuff for the second round um so it's more keeping them you know, healthy and keeping them going. 
how much is it just reminding them to value each shot and and making sure that you don't carry over from the last hole? Because you look back at even your Shirley Spork from from last fall, you have a bad second round, but in the third round, your kids flipped a switch and it was a much different team that roared back and almost won that tournament after being really down in round two. Yeah. Yeah. It's just knowing how golf can be. Um, and that's, that's something we're always working on, always working on. Now, some of the more veteran players uh, do better at that of, of just staying in the moment and, and one shot at a time. Um, but even, even they, you know, I've seen with Olivia, you know, she, she will let a couple holes like get her down. And when we were in, in North Carolina, what was so <laughs> amazing, she was having a, a little bit of a strand of, of some bad holes on that last round. And I'm like, okay, you got three holes left. I want you to play under par these next three holes. And sure enough, she goes and Eagles the next hole. <laughs> and then like, I think pars out, you know, the other two. So it's like just little things like that, where you just got to kind of energize them and, you know, just keep reminding how it, in golf, it can turn around really quickly, you know, and, and really that practice round is key to setting out your plan, making your notes, you know, knowing where to take advantage of, of the easy holes, get those birdies and where to play safe. Um, so it's, it's, it all comes from there and then you stick to your plan. And then if your plan you have to diverge your plan a little bit, then you do that. But uh, it all kind of starts there. Usually my plan's out the window about the third hole. So <laughs> and then it's usually scrambling to be like, oh, here we go again. But you'll hear yeah. that even like PGA Tour players, you'll hear yep. them say, well, that that was our plan. You know, yep. them and their caddy, that was our plan. So you hear that a lot because they do. They set out that plan ahead of time of what they're going to do on each hole. So. Your team gets things going this year back in Florida, back at Lakewood Ranch. Uh, mm -hmm. You didn't get to play there at the end of fall, of course, with the hurricane and the damage. So you're back down there. But a big change this year, no longer match play for the Falcons Invitational. Uh, how different will that make things to open the year as well? Because everybody kind of looked forward to match play. Yeah, match play makes it a little less stressful, I guess, is, is the way to put it, because it's just one hole at a time. Um, I mean, you still put that pressure on yourself because you want to win and you want to win your matches. Um, but when it comes to like cumulative score, it, it, it's not as much pressure. Um, I, I look at it as it's, it's a good thing that we're going to start out with a stroke play event because all other all of our other events are stroke play events. So we got to get started somewhere. And um, this was a stroke play event two years ago when we first opened up with COVID. And that's the one we didn't get to play in. Um, but then I look back at the scores, they were low. There were some low scores mm -hmm. in this event. And um, which makes sense. The course is pretty forgiving, excuse me, <clears throat> pretty open, um, big greens. So there's a lot of opportunity to go low at this golf course. Then you get to make the trip, the annual trip back to Rio Verde in Arizona before coming back to Atlanta and then a new one to the schedule this year, Murray state gets added to the list. I mean, I know you're excited to play that course. Yeah. And Murray state, you mean? Yeah. 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 That's uh that'll be an interesting um, location that we've never really went to before, but I love, love that area of the country. I'm sure it'll have some, you know, elevation changes and whatnot. And, um, but just, yeah, something different for the team 
to, to be a part of. And then we'll go back to IUPUI where we won last year. So that'll be a nice, uh, we like that golf course here at IUPUI too. It was really nice. So. Then you close it out in Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo Country Club uh, at the MAC championships this year. Fingers crossed we don't have the same snow that uh, could be still there. When you look at it, <laughs> you're still as a, as a collective group looking for that first group to to punch your ticket, get past Kent State, or even as an individual make the NCAA tournament. How uh, certainly you've got people that are capable of it. What's it going to take to finally get over that hump? We <clears throat> we gotta we gotta set our goal with par. You know, we I, I tell my team, boring golf's really really good golf. You know fairway green two putt fairway green two putt right so um if 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 everybody can really strive to that that par or under par um which you know that that's pushing it another level for us um but i've seen them i i saw that first round in in colorado and i i see what we're capable of and um there's been other rounds where certain individuals have done really well but just collectively of a team haven't had everybody come together with those great rounds in, in one, you know, full setting. Mm -hmm. So um, just getting them to truly believe in themselves and what they can do and what they're capable of and what they've shot in the past, you know, scores they've shot in the past and, and just keep pushing forward. Um, you know, yeah, Kent's always going to be there in Northern Illinois strong. I mean, they've, they've come to show that they, they have some strength too uh, with their game. So um, we just, we just keep pushing forward. And this, this Falcon, uh, Florida Invitational is like a mini Mac tournament actually, because there's going to, I think, except for Kent and maybe Ball nope. State, but there's going to be a lot of Mac schools there. So that'll be a good kind of preview to, to kind of push our team to say, Hey, you know, let's, let's really push ourselves ahead of these teams. I know I'm excited to see them back out there in the course in, in just a, a little bit. I know you're excited as well. Uh, can't wait to see how the spring plays out. And I know we'll have you back on the show again, but really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. And I can't say it enough, but go Eagles. <laughs> there she is. Head coach Stephanie Jennings. We come back here on the Eastern Insider right after this. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.